The Weezer Bracket is brought to you by uh, some actual people who sponsored. Yes, we have uh, actual people who paid money for us to go see this play that we just went to on Saturday. I don't know why they did that, but uh, thank you guys very much. We did ask them to. Well, yeah, but like they didn't have to. Yes. We had nothing on. We had no dirt on these people. We had no blackmail material. Yeah. They just did it because, well, who knows? So here are some of the people who, uh, here are all the people who donated. Uh, Our friend John Hendel. Thanks, John. Uh, Tyler Norberry. Thank you, Tyler. Thane Economo. Thanks, Thane. George Hickman. Thank you, George. Neil Jacoby. Thank you, Neil. Uh, Andrew McDonald. Thank you, Andrew. Rochelle Chen. Hey, Shelly. Thank you. James Hennessy. Thank you, James. Spence Nicholson. Thanks, Spence. And Catherine Steiner. Thank you, Catherine. And there is uh, one person who asked to be private, so I don't feel comfortable giving out their name on here. Oh, thank you, Anonymous. Yes. Hey, it's it's like uh, that movie from years back, Anonymous, the sh- who really wrote Shakespeare's plays. Maybe it's the same Anonymous. Yeah. Did you know that uh, Keanu Reeves is a Shakespeare truther? <laughs> that Shakespeare truther? Yeah. I knew he was like Shakespearean trained. No, but he's a Shakespeare truther. He thinks that Shakespeare is not the actual author of all those plays. Who does he think then? He, uh, he has a theory. I forget who exactly his uh, person is. I, uh, one time for a class in high school, I turned in an essay that was Shakespearean trutherism because I had just like Googled. Or not, I had Yahoo search. This is way back in the day. I had Yahoo search, and it was like before the internet was like that solid about stuff. Yeah. Oh, what it was, I had to do a report on Sir Francis Bacon, and I searched him, and the the website that came up was this one that claimed that he was behind all the plays, and so I turned that in, and. The teacher told me that she had shown my report to other teachers, and they all had a good laugh about it and gave me a C. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> That's unnecessarily mean, Nick. We had a difference of opinion. Well, no, I just really didn't want to do that much research on Sir Francis Bacon, who I don't know much about to this day. So, yeah, well, thank you, everyone, and thank you, Sir Francis Bacon, for writing Julius Caesar, then Weezer for writing music, and for these people to turn it into a play that we saw. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we should get started. Yeah. All right. feel so fucking cultured right now <laughs> every day i every time i spend the night at the theater i feel cultured uh, it's so nice to slip into our smoking jackets and bring our opera glasses and talk about the dow jones <laughs> so as you guys know because we spoke about it a lot on twitter yeah we saw a play on saturday yeah a musical oh i, I still have your uh flyer if you want it your your program i'm sorry my, your playbill your playbill play man yeah yeah <laughs> real culture yeah so yes we saw julius weezer but andrew when was the last time you had seen a play prior to, to this it was a few years yeah it's definitely been a few i think I, the last one i saw was written by john hendel in fact so i was at that i saw uh 
I saw something at the Pantages a few years ago. Was it Hamilton? I, I have not seen <laughs> Hamilton, no. I almost went and saw Cats. Why? Because I, like, I love irony. Not even I love much. I can't. I, they tried to make me watch that in high school as well. And boy, I could not get I saw it. I saw a production in Akron. It was dinner theater. So it was a dinner theater production of Cats in Akron. You can imagine how good that was. What, what do they serve with cats? I got a steak, man. Oh, okay. I, I thought they would have tied it in and give you like fish no, it was, dishes. It was like a pretty... It was like it was like a midi- mediocre steak, basically. <laughs> a little overdone. I mean, if you're remembering the quality of the steak, so it's later. like one of those really thin steaks. You know how that is. Anyhow, yeah. Julius Weezer. You know, I have to think about this. <laughs> and like, it was fine. So you know what it was like for me. What? It was kind of like one of those Simpsons bits. Where they have like Planet of the Apes, the musical, and you know, you get a few bits and you laugh, and it's like one of those classic things. Yeah. And you go, like, man, wouldn't it be great to see the whole thing? This was like seeing the whole thing, and it's like, oh. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. you know, it's like basically community theater in NoHo. I feel bad about like making fun of the, these people. I don't know. Here's the thing everything, all the production was. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Costumes, great. The actors were good. They all had actually pretty strong singing voices. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, community theater in LA is going to be stronger than community <laughs> theater anywhere else. That, you know, I've been watching this documentary series called Barry that says <laughs> <laughs> that's not often the case. <laughs> that's true. But I feel like. Also, have you, if you've ever run auditions here, you know, like. I don't know if that's like an audition thing. I think that, I feel like that's a theater troupe. I think it is, but what I'm yeah. well, you have to audition to get in. Yeah, they just but don't you take generally, they, you know, it's not like you're finding new talent all the time. You you have a pretty solid base of actors that you're using over and over. No, again somebody these gets a gets a real job and they like drop out. You know, you you got fucks. So but they, I'm saying like you they know, get like a guest starring role on like Grey's Anatomy or something. Oh yeah, but you know, like if you run auditions here, you will find that you know you think that it's just like oh you throw a rock, you hit a great actor. No. No, you hit a you hit a person who wants to be an actor, who thinks they're a great actor. That's true. Who can't deliver a line in a way that a human being will. LA is a weird place because it has more great actors than anywhere else, but it also has more bad actors than anywhere else. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, yeah, they were all good and like everything. Everything was done really well. Here's the biggest thing: that audience was eating it up. Oh yeah, that audience. Loved it to where the point where like I'm sitting there and I'm sitting next to Andrew and I'm like I feel bad for not enjoying this more. I'm like I guess the problem is me. I really hate thinking that even though a lot of the times that is that's true. The problem is me. <laughs> I was just uncomfortable that first act because we te- they gave us those upgraded seats, but they were next to people and like there was so much free space and I felt just awkward having to sit next to these people while they're, they're you know, it's like when you're in a movie theater and like you pick, you purposely pick a seat that's not next to anyone and then someone comes down and just sits right next to you. Oh yeah. And that's how I felt. I felt like the person that sat right next to someone and it, it was driving me nuts and it made me so uncomfortable and it made me, made me socially anxious throughout that first half of that thing yeah the first like 20 minutes you were like not having it nope anyway so we should backtrack and kind of give the uh (laughs) bird's eye view of this whole thing it's the trubies i don't know what the fuck that is i think Uh, it's cool yeah they're called the trubies yeah i have no clue with that yeah 
we were turned on to the fact that they had a play called Julius Weezer. We're like, uh, okay. And then Andrew, you were really a driving force to get us to see this. I was because, like, well, number one, I checked out the price of the tickets, and the cheapest ticket was fifty dollars. No, but I'm just saying, like, I would have been all too okay to just let this pass. Let this be an event that I was completely parallel with, didn't intersect at all. Like, they lived their lives. I lived mine. See, Nick, but the thing is, we have this Weezer podcast. Well, yes, I know that. It's one of the few things that we have that's creatively uh, been successful in many ways. God, that's a fucking truth. And I knew if we let this thing pass, we would have just let down our audience. We wasn't going to do that thing. No. <laughs> so, so I spearheaded the event because yeah. I'm the one who kind of researched the whole thing. Yep. Figured it out. Yep. I created the GoFundMe. Yes, you did. And I basically you 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 promoted it a little bit. I did. I would say I spearheaded that. I mean, yeah, I did a lot on our account. I talked a lot of trash on there. <laughs> made sure we got we had enough money. You did. Closed out the account. Paid for paid for paid for the tickets and everything. Yes. You did drive me to the theater. I drove you there. I bought you a beer. Thank you so much. <laughs> they had a, they had an intermission when they were, they were selling alcohol, which is our favorite part of most events. <laughs> <laughs> Nick thought he could just take his beer to the theater. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think, I think anyone, it's like the landmark. I don't think anyone would have said "told you no," but I don't think I don't think you're supposed to because I don't think it's that well monitored. Oh, it's definitely not that well monitored. Um, I don't think they had... They didn't have, like, ushers or anything. I guess we shouldn't say this, but we could have really gone in without... We could have snuck, like, a 12-pack in there, probably. Oh, I'm saying we could have gone in early without buying tickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's totally true. Sorry, donors. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the play's over, so so we're not even, like, giving out... I, no, I thought it was going on... No, no, no. no. Sunday was our last show. Oh, okay. Wow. I feel bad, because we could probably promote this thing if we had gone earlier. You know, we we live busy lives. Yeah. I was on a very big gig recently. Like, I, I, I've been busy. Congratulations. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> what really struck me as interesting for this was you hear the thought of Julius Weezer. It's like, okay, could you really make a parallel between the, I would argue, classic play Julius Caesar and the trajectory of Californian American rock band Weezer. And I was like thinking of how you would put it together. You know, I guess would Matt Sharp be betrayed or would it be like Weezer betrays their audience or something like that? And then we look at the blurb and the guy says, Well, we kind of thought of the title and went from there. And that's and very obvious when you once you start yeah, watching the play. There's no real commentary to be made um, about the works of Weezer and the works. Curious, of, how much of a fan of the band do you think the person who spearheaded this play and wrote did the parody <laughs> versions? Don't you kind of feel like he came up with the title and then he kind of dug into the uh, catalog? Well, he and, had that quote where he's like, "Yeah, everyone thinks about Weezer as that band that had one or two hits twenty years ago, but they actually have thirteen albums." And it's like, okay, so he came at it without any Weezer prejudice, which is really interesting because if you Google Weezer, 
you're just going to come up on all the arguments of is blue the masterpiece is pinkerton the masterpiece what happened to this band what happened to this band (laughs) after those two albums you know all that sort of infighting this play did not reflect any of that oh and that made it really fascinating to me like i'm look i'm really happy that we win because this is making me see weezer in a whole new way you would think the play would like make one or two jokes about the band in the actual play (laughs) yeah but nope like that is never a part of the play i thought like none of of the history of weezer or there's no (laughs) metatextual like stuff about weezer in it. it it's so so fascinating it all plays out like a bunch of Family Guy jokes. Yeah. Or it's just, here's a reference, and that's the joke. And you know what? Having looked at that audience, it's probably a good thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that audience did not seem like they were there for like Weezer like uh, references and or Weezer so, stuff. Yeah, because I was trying to do the math of it. So Weezer, 1994, okay, that's 25 years. So... The high end of somebody who, let's say, just discovers Blue Album the, when it came out, which we know is not really what happened. Uh, the high end, well, 25, maybe 30. So your high, the high end of your age range of your typical Weezer fan would be 50 to 55, if that. And it, it's pop music for teenagers. It's going to be a lot lower than that, but they'll give them the benefit. Fifty-five. One of my favorite moments was before we, when we were first going in, and we're walking up to the theater. What? I was making a point. Now this is a better story than your point. Anyhow, no, no. So no, this is a better story than your point. <laughs> it is. Oh, go now. Yeah. So we're walking up to the theater, and we see these elderly people. <laughs> 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 yeah, we like octogenarians going in, like in front of us, like, and, and you make a crack. You're like, "Who? You think they're going to see Julius Weezer? Hey, Nick, I think they were. They absolutely <laughs> were. I saw them inside, <laughs> and like they had to push one around because they couldn't walk anymore, and the other ones were using canes. It was a septa and octogenarian audience, and I have to say, it's actually like. Really nice that they have this thing that they do because yeah. it's clearly like they love this troupe, they love this theater, and they, they this is where they go and they they know everybody else. And I they bet they've seen the every arts. single one of their shows. Yeah, they like these are these people's patrons, and it's like actually really cool that this still exists. There was a, there was a moment where that an older gentleman gets got lost in the theater and they had to help him <laughs> go use the restroom. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. And it seemed like they kind of knew most of their audience and had inside jokes. And so we were kind of like these interlopers. It was really odd. But anyways, what I was saying is like your the high end of your Weezer fan is going to be about 55, unless they're like one of those like weird dudes who's like is like 38 and they discover like a teenager band. Like, it's like if some like I mean, 40 year old dude got into really into Post Malone or something, even like, like even that. like 55 is older than the band, you know what I'm saying? There's a few yeah. years older than the band at but, that moment, but yeah, yeah, sometime, yeah, but I would say like mid 40s would be like that, that would be the high end, yeah, and it's just like no. 
Like, there's not even that. It was a bunch of silver hair foxes going around. Like, it. We were. We were on the low end. We of were the, on the low end, you know. Of the age and range. there were not many young people, and there was a lot. <laughs> it was not a normal night at the theater. I think it's a normal night for that theater. <laughs> so it was really weird because, like, it makes me wonder, like, okay, if you have this dedicated group and you and you kind of have them coming to whatever you're doing, why aren't you like appealing to them? Why isn't it like I don't know, like? 80s music or 70s music like the eagles or something why isn't it like the eagles of um, prometheus or something like that you know i don't know but these are also like 78 year old people so it should be like i don't know what, what music lawrence should welk baby yeah so they've done definitely done some a bunch of like uh things quite like this so so let's off some shows they've done a production of how the Prince stole Christmas, like Prince. Okay, little drummer Bowie. Santa Claus is coming to Motown. <laughs> uh, that seems like something you see at like the Grand Ole Opry. That might they, be. They did the Snow Queen, but Queen uh. like Bohemian Rhapsody, the Brian Singer film. <laughs> i hope it had they had a sequence where live aid raised not one dollar until queen performed oh my they got a midsummer's night's fever dream okay a midsummer saturday night's fever dream i'm sorry oh okay that, that makes that makes a little more sense. they had abba Menon. abba Memnon. also agamemnon really p- pulls people in these days uh what else we got <laughs> they did chips the musical like like eric estrada <laughs> chips? yes, yes like totally like eric estrada chips it's a stevie wonderful life <laughs> that's pretty funny i i, I, I I'm, I'm down with that i one. bet there's a lot of blind blind jokes oh, in that god how many blind jokes do you think were in that i bet it's uh not very woke let me say <laughs> no. that oh boy yeah i was trying to think of these like mashups because they at one point they oh god what do you got now <laughs> this one's so bad much of doobie brothers about nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh and uh, this is the last one and then i'll quit they have fleet fleetwood mcbeth <sighs> Much of Doobie Brothers about nothing. That's kind of funny. I that one, like that. I, I, hats off to that one. Yeah, I was trying to think of like these mashups that I, I would do because they teased the, the idea of Duran, Duranthony, and Cleopatra. Yeah, the only one I could really come up that uh, that I would like would be Two Insane Clowns from Verona. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I gotta do one more because this is the last okay. one. Okay, they have R- R- Romeo Hall and Juliet Oates. That's bad. No, <laughs> no, that doesn't even make any sense. No, <laughs> Hall and Oates hung out together a lot. <laughs> they did not come from opposite families. Well, I mean, as we saw, like, there's no. Real marrying of the con of the play and the performance artist. No, all. they just take the songs and do parody for it. They weird album a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, that's basically to put it. But you know, like Weird Al usually like attacks it like he's like familiar with the song and is able to make it. You know, like yeah, Weird Al does his research because you guys. You would be amazed by some of the songs they use in this. So what really got to me was, number one, is like, if you were to make a jukebox musical of this sort, you would kind of pick the more popular songs. I mean, the only other one of this I've seen is uh, Buddy, the Buddy Holly story. Yeah. Uh, But Buddy Holly had a much more limited music catalog for obvious reasons. Shit songwriter. Um, You talking about the Gary Busey movie? There's it's a play. Okay. There's a Gary Busey movie, right? Well, yeah, it's that's a movie based on the play. Okay. But yeah, like Buddy Holly only had like an album before he died, you know? Yeah. But like even your fucking like Mama Mia's like they bring in all the like the big hits of ABBA first before they go to like the B sides and all that stuff. And that's actually why the second one suffers a little bit because it starts with this fucking Kiss the Teacher song that nobody <laughs> fucking knows, you know? I think I prefer that second ABBA movie, that second Mamma Mia movie to the first one though. It has its moments for sure, but it's like clunky where you're just like, wait, what is song is this? I've never heard this. <laughs> they, they do bring a lot of the same songs back because they don't have any other choice. <laughs> well, it's just like, oh, we, we can do like this demo they did you know or we can do these other songs that nobody fucking knows or we can just do knowing me knowing you again i will say they got lucky that they didn't use fernando in the first one saving it for the second i don't know they were like maybe we'll get share one day (laughs) but yeah so they approached this in such a weird way where there is no prejudice towards any weezer song no like when they use Where's My Sex, it doesn't feel like they're being ironic about it. They're just like, here's a song that we can kind of use. But it also doesn't even seem like they Googled it. No, they have you no clue. Do like, like, you think that dude the dude who was doing this is like, wow, this song's really bad, but I, I got no <laughs> choice to use it. It kind of works. Yeah, like he's kind of like figuring out like what he can do. He's like, okay, we got Anthony and Cleopatra. They're all horned up. Where's my sex? Cool. That works. Do you think he was like... Here's a song called Cold Dark World that's Cold Dark World is Scott Schreiner sings on it, right? Yeah. So do you think he was like he was ever like, wow. Oh no, cuz Scott is thanked in the Yeah, Scott Schreiner is thanked at the in the in the uh playbill. So that's like, so he gets a special thank you and no no other members of Weezer get a special fa- thank you. So I have to feel like they reached out to him or he's maybe he did something or helped in some way. I mean, that's what I'm guessing. I'm thinking they got to him and he's like Okay, cool. We're, we got all this Africa money. We don't. We don't care about you know a theater production in Ojo. We're yeah. not going to come up after you for our residuals. You know that will break your brain. Because I was wondering if they cleared all these licenses. Well, I think they don't have to. They uh, they do go into parody. Yeah, so. I think they. I think they totally are cleared by parody law. None yeah, because yeah, none of them are done straight. None of them are done straight. They're all they all have parody elements to them. So I think that, and I think like it'd be they they have to know that they've had to do their research since they've been doing this for years. Yeah, yeah, they found their and safe honestly, space. like what would be the purpose of going after that? You know, there's no <laughs> there's no reason to go after a small theater troupe in NoHo. Rivers, I want my five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> But I was kind of curious because they tickets are pricey. 
Yeah, but it's expensive to do a play. It's expensive to do a play. It's expensive, though, especially if you win that theater, I'm sure. I mean, that's... That theater is that's, huge. That's mostly just running out the room, I feel like. That or, or, and, like, everyone's got to get paid, and they got stagehands. They got those musicians. Yeah. Got, you know? Like, that. look, they're not... This is not a high money making operation. No, they're, no, they're, no. Their margins are like mm, not great. They're going to. I wonder if it's profitable at all. I have no idea. It's got to be semi profitable if they keep on doing it. I mean, you know, sometimes people do things that don't make money that they enjoy. That's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, the pity dropped for you there. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for paying for our tickets, guys. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, so it's so interesting to see Weezer approached by somebody who doesn't have the baggage that you and I do or that other fans do. I feel like we're the only ones who were in that auditorium with that baggage, too. No, there was people with Weezer t-shirts. But I don't know. But like... If they have a Weezer t-shirt, they have some sort of ill will towards the band (laughs) at some level. Whether they are like, I really just don't know what they're doing with Hurley, or I don't know what this Black Album's all about, or they have something that Weezer let them down or upset them or garnered some sort of negative emotion just because the band is too diverse and has done too much wacky shit... For there not to be. There is nobody who is like, yep, I am 100% pleased with the entire output of Weezer. (laughs) There is not one person, not Rivers even, who is super happy with everything they've done. Yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah, so they approach this with a whole outsider. They don't give any weight to how popular a song is. Basically, they're looking for songs they can punch into a very abbreviated... A version of Julius Caesar. What really starts off is they start off with the overture, and they starts with a guitar riff from Back to the Shack. And I thought of, I thought of uh, Weezer guest Brandon Rauer since he's the biggest fan of that song. Back to the Shack is not in the rest of no, the play. Usually, your overture <laughs> includes songs that are in your musical. But if you, I, I think they just genuinely liked that riff and in a vacuum it's pretty good yeah. you know it feels very rocking and that signifies to the audience oh we're going to have a rock and roll time i don't think they got like the baggage that it has for weezer fans where it's like hey this is them apologizing for four albums and then just continuing to do the, the same shit they did <laughs> and then it goes into beverly hills which everyone knows how we feel about it <laughs> Won the bracket. <laughs> and then it goes... The Seven Hills, by the way. Yeah, yeah, to The Seven Hills. And it's a little clunky. Um, they, their they're, they're syllable counts on stanzas, not not their forte. Well, what did they, what, what did they tr- tr- turn into the gimme gimme? What did they, like, turn it into? I think it was just gimme gimme. No, I don't, I don't think they were saying gimme gimme. I don't know what it was. But, like, it goes from Beverly Hills into Cold Dark World, and then Brave New World, and it's just, like, no Weezer fans like, fuck yeah, they got these two in. These are my favorite. I love all the world songs. <laughs> when they started going, when they were going into Cold Dark World, I was like, are you serious right now? <laughs> and it's, like, right out the gate. <laughs> They're smart enough. I think they were smart enough to be like, yes, we need to do a Beverly Hills and like parody first. Yeah, and that's easy because it's also location, so it's cool. Here we are, the Seven Hills, whatever. 
You know, it's like, cool, set the stage. It's a good, using a hit is a good idea for your opening act. <laughs> until you go, when, until you hit them with the obscure shit, like cold, dark world. Yeah, let's see. It goes from Beverly Hills hit, cold, dark, dark world, not a hit. Brave New World, not a hit. Cleopatra is just mentioned and kind of sung just like a little bit. Not a hit. Where's My Sex? Not a hit. This is the sequence that blew my mind. Then they, then they briefly mention Africa, unfortunately a hit. <laughs> then they played the a guitar riff for Hashpipe, but don't do anything with it. Or no, 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 no. Uh, they do, then they do go into Hashpipe, which is the closest thing to a hit they've done <laughs> since the opening. <laughs> they do like four or five songs before they do one that like a casual fan would have heard on the radio, especially at a Panera Bread. They do like an Island in the Sun instrumental. Yeah. They don't even do it like an Island in the Song. Like so. Which feels like uh, a song that they could have uh, done. Island in the Sun, it feels like. Okay, here's a, the, one of the upcoming ones that blew my mind is they do a song based on King, which is a B-side on the Red Album. That ca- it came in, like I think King was included on like one of those iTunes Deluxe album versions yeah. of it. I think it's basically they looked it up on Spotify or a service like that, and because it wasn't differentiating, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, King. This is going great. People- well, they should have used King of the World. <laughs> they should have used the King of the Hill theme song. <laughs> <laughs> King of Queens. <laughs> King of Queens. <laughs> Did you see that tweet today from the official King of Queens uh, tweet? Here, let me Twitter put it account? out there. If you have a television series that has been canceled for 7 to 10 to 12 <laughs> years, Andrew and I will run your Twitter account. Did you see that tweet today? Yeah. Where it said the only true king it had for the Game of Thrones throne. But if you look at it, that account has been updating regularly. I know. And it's like, wow. You know, I bet that. I want, I want to do the fucking Twitter account for the Geico Caveman show. Like, fuck it. I'm doing it. No, but because like, King of Queen there's like there's like eight seasons of that show and it's in, it's, it's in syndication. syndication all right then give me i don't know perfect strangers what the fuck who cares i'll tweet as balky perfect strangers is on hulu now cool i'll i'll promote it give me <laughs> give me give me the verified perfect strangers account i watched like the first season that show dramatically changes They're like all it, those abc sitcoms do well, it's like they were working in like a like they were lurking in like a in the first season they worked in like an antique shop. What really? Yeah, and then it was it wasn't until later they all they both worked at the uh, newspaper in the newspaper room. Wow, that, that <laughs> antique shop. Yeah, it's a weird, and it's owned by their like it, like the main like uh, rivalry is with their uh, dude who uh, they're like basically their landlord. Uh, yeah, they, they, I remember them not liking their landlord, but nobody on television likes their landlord. No one in real life really likes their landlord either. That's true. Uh, unless it's Waves. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this Waves a good, cool landlord? I don't, I don't know. He's like, hey, I got to evict you, but check it out. Here's an EP on the house. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Do you have something from your earlier? Do you have something from your earlier? Sorry, this is new stuff only, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you suck, Waves. <laughs> I mean, but look, I can't blame Waves. Like, if you're Waves, how much money did you really make? Nathan Williams, I believe, is his name. No, his name is Waves. <laughs> Double V's. Did, he, didn't, he did not make, like, retire money. 
He's not. Is he? He's not still with Bethany Constantino, is he? I don't know. Because I think she's probably made more money. Even, but, but Best Coast is not exactly like. Uh, yeah, Best Coast is not exactly like. Whew, boy, I gold plated my Lamborghini today because I was <laughs> bored. You know. Yeah. Uh, like, there, there I was like look, they both look. like they both had that moment in like two twenty ten where they had their big moment, and it's all been kind of not quite. Yeah, like how, how many like that last Waves album was not moving units, you know? I don't even remember what the last Waves album. I don't was. either. But I'm saying, like, look, you know, he had some money, and so like he's investing in. Like that's what you got to yeah. do. Look, that is what happens to a lot of artists. Like they get enough money to where they can go invest and they live off of it if they're smart, if they're good at the stock market, or good at picking mutual funds. Or do you think Pat Wilson people. owns uh, property? Pat Wilson absolutely owns property. <laughs> I bet Pat Wilson owns the land that the. Uh, Western and Hollywood tar- targets on, and he's just <laughs> he's just trying to get that thing built. And... This is, this is the untold story of Pat Wilson. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I look. I, if you told me that Pat Wilson owned a dozen uh, du- duplexes in the Valley, I'd be like, good on him. That's a smart yeah. move. No, Kanye owns like a third of the Fat Burgers in Los Angeles. A lot of celebrities own like franchises of uh, Fat Burgers. I think Queen Latifah was the first one to do that. I mean, it's just a smart. I don't think. I think Kanye owns uh, franchises of Chicago Fat Burgers. I don't think they're LA's locations. I don't know. I was reading. It seems to suggest LA, but this is something I read years ago. Yeah. Also, he may have divested, or who knows. Anyhow, it's back to this wonderful place. Anyway, they wouldn't let us bring fast food. <laughs> <laughs> From King, they go to Everybody Get Dangerous. Yeah, they had, like some of these songs is like, who was hoping to get these in? And then it's like, if you're hearing these for the first time, are, are these what's really moving you? And so is one guy who adapted all this, and he played also played Cassius. Yeah, I saw that. And it's just like, this is a big undertaking, and you would think for doing so much, it would be more of a labor of love that you did a song, a band that you really enjoyed. Or maybe this guy just like is a big Weezer fan, and his taste is the opposite of ours, and maybe he's like... He's like like that kid and his dad, or they try to make the rival bracket and shit like that. <laughs> Do you think they got... I don't know where the, the rival bracket is located. I bet they didn't make it to see uh, Julius Weezer. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe it was that what old man who got lost. What if we had run into them in the uh, uh, to- like in the lobby? That would have been awkward. Andrew, let me just ask you something. Okay. If you were going to make a jukebox Weezer musical, and you do not have to base it on a Shakespeare play, a non-Shakespeare play, or any other IP, you could just make a play okay. and use the songs of Californian American rock band Weezer. Like, what songs do you pick? I think I would include a handful of songs off of Blue and Pinkerton. Okay. And spat, splatter other songs from the other rest of the catalog in there, but you would definitely have a lot of songs from those two albums. I might. What I might do is just go to Spotify and I do sort by top, and I would just pick them. Da, 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 da. Okay, I got my twelve. Yeah, I would not put on unspoken. No, <laughs> I would absolutely not do the song that really shocked me. Can't knock the hustle. <laughs> 
Because I was like, how long is this? How, they have, how long have they been working on this? Because Can't Knock the Hustle came out when? I mean, like four months ago? Six months ago? It came out ago, last year. Like yeah, yeah, six months ago. At least. Yeah, it came out like, I want to say November, maybe? About that, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I now that I think about it, Can't Knock the Hustle wasn't even much of a parody. I think it was just a straight version of yeah, Can't Knock actually, the Hustle. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, they, they put some funk on the guitars, uh, which disguise it for me and then you started laughing and i'm like i know this song what is it and then it's like <laughs> then it hits it's like oh my god wasn't it the first song back from intermission yes and that's where that really blew my mind and i looked at you because i was like i can't believe this is happening right now yeah also let's in the program i'm playbill what the fuck ever they describe them as a uh funk band yes i did see that it's a funk pop band, I believe. Funk it. pop rock band. You know, if there ever I, been words that everyone used to describe Weezer, those are that, them. I I just absolutely did not know what to. I I don't even know how to react to that. <laughs> what is their like funkiest song? I think you just named it. Maybe I guess yeah, because it does sound like uh, um, Hasta Luego. It actually does have a funk bass into it. Now yes, that I think of it, but that's about it. <laughs> It's not till they kill Julius Caesar that there's a blues song that's used, right? Yeah. And it's undone. Which, that was a really great... Like, what was interesting was when this thing hits, when the music and the actions and the play come together, I thought that was really interesting and good. Having it, you know, if you want to destroy my toga and they're pulling the strings of blood in a very theatrical way and yeah, it's that's like the, wow this is actually really cool and like this is what the power of what theater can be that was a the the i think that was the pinnacle of that production yeah well i also liked their el scorcho takeoff where they're it's the two sides facing up against you when octavius uh caesar's trying to you know solidify his rule they're talking about how they could fight each other although it was odd that, that instead of trying to find words they just left lines out <laughs> and it's like oh this is really easy when they're using the best songs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things tend to work out when you're using the best source material i do think because speaking of because they do their buddy holly for so. which that one did bother me ooey ooh i look just like julius caesar yeah. and what, what, oh, oh, I'm Julius Caesar's ghost. Yeah, it, that was really clunky. It was. It was like a Lin-Manuel Miranda sort of thing. <laughs> like, Come on, dude. Yeah, so this was a really interesting thing. I really enjoyed an outsider's view of Weezer. I really enjoyed uh, stepping out and doing something different, you know? Because, you know, instead of watching a basketball game and getting drunk, we went to the theater. Yeah, we were cultured people. And we had a few beers, but uh, we, uh, you know, stayed off our phones the entire time. Like, There was some woman in front of us who did not. I have enough respect for the theater where it's like, get your fucking phone away. It's a live production. Yeah. It was really interesting for me because, like, this, like, remind me of plays that, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, like that I did in high school where we like would make fun of stuff. It really took me back because like that kind of humor is like that very, very theater kid humor. Yeah. I'm kind of really past that in, in, at this point in my life. And it's like, cool, this is here for those who appreciate it. I'm kind of, yeah, I kind of know these kinds of jokes and all right, that's, that's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not that theater kid anymore. No, but 
can I bring something up to you, Nick? Always. This doesn't have much to do with Weezer, but I just need to bring this up. Okay. Tonight I heard that Will Smith's genie in the lab movie <laughs> has a relationship with a human being. Like, there is a romantic relationship <laughs> with Will Smith's genie in this new Aladdin movie. Genie fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have any, like, Watto fucks or, like, Watto's Revenge or, like, you know, just taking a joke on Twitter and beating it to death. That's the kind of humor I'm into these days. <laughs> like, if they just, like... Like kept saying the number sixty nine, <laughs> or you know, if this they, real sophisticated stuff that I'm into. <laughs> uh, they really weren't. Well, like, wish they could have cracked a few Jeff Wells jokes. Yeah, in <laughs> or just like you know, just kept saying about how the future of independent film is looking worse and worse and worse, and we're all idiots, and <laughs> we threw our lives away, and but we can't do anything else, so we're just going to starve in the streets, like stuff like that. I wish they could have had like a few Lex G tweets oh, in, on my, stage. Well, well, just they had a character just brought on some peppers and yelled, got the deal. He's going to see Endgame tomorrow. I hope he, uh, I hope there's no heads. He had a brilliant tweet today, actually, like a legit brilliant tweet. Oh, his uh, 20th Century yeah. Fox. I was like, damn, that's, that is a really good tweet, Sanj. Sanj is, Sanj is the best of film Twitter. It's, it's really no contest. Yeah. That, that, this is what this is what that play was lacking. Inside, <laughs> it was lacking. And commentary about Will Smith's genie fucking, <laughs> or or like some great or some Jeff Wells memes. <laughs> Have you read any of his kids coverage? Uh, I. <laughs> I just read the one where he's just like, I'm in the middle of all these movies and all that, but you know what I got to do? I got to go home and cover fucking Bill Maher. (laughs) I got to watch 55 minutes of Bill Maher browbeating his like-minded audience and making jokes about Sha-Na-Na for a very hip audience. I read his uh, review of The Lighthouse, which is very positive, but he could not end it with talking about the director. I think Robert Eggers is his name, talking about how much he hated his shoes. (laughs) He he just went off on on his fucking shoes. This fucking guy. uh, It's it's fucking unbelievable. (laughs) How does does he still get a media credential? He's got like a he's got a high level cans badge. He was bragging about it too. Well, of course. Well, he brags about fucking everything. <laughs> but like, you know, Khan is a place that won't let a woman on the palier uh, if she's wearing flats. Like they have strict standards. But like they're like, hey, we we gotta be very prim, very proper. You gotta be dressed up. You have to be behaving appropriately. Hey, Jeff, come on in. <laughs> I saw someone. Uh, hey, Jeff, here's some email addresses of the directors if you want to get, get some titty pics. I saw someone tweet when he's in France, does he leave a, does he leave a, a beret on the bed? <laughs> oh, my God. I guarantee you he's got, like, a few beret pics. He's, got, he's definitely totally a beret, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> my favorite is the, the film critics who can't help themselves but take pictures of him when they see him. He's like a celebrity. <laughs> This jacket. Does he even have a tux? 
I don't know. That's a good question. I guarantee. He ha- I don't think he goes to premieres. He goes to like all the critic screenings and, what, and press screenings. Oh, so you don't need to- he's going to like off-con events. Yeah, so, okay. well, it's like off-con events. They just have different screenings for yeah, like, but, critics. Yeah, yeah, no, but like there's like the palier and like there's yeah. the, all that, and then the, like there's like you know the AMC Nice sixteen <laughs> <laughs> where they have other screenings. You know. Yeah. Who's inviting him on their yacht? <laughs> hey, we got we got some uh, Jeff Wells. Jeff Wells, come on to my yacht and do my Bolivian cocaine. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, uh, I've been sober for about ten years now, but I uh... do a fat fucking line, bitch. <laughs> You're in con. I always it always blows my mind when I hear Wells hear Wells' voice. He has like a tiny little lisp. To him, like that, that you... he, but he always like speaks like an octave and a half lower than yeah, I know. It's, it's it's real shocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you we think he went and saw Julius Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the SRO wanted to go and they don't spend time together anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I'm shocked, they spend more time than I think they do. So anyway, we uh, thank you for sending us to our uh, play. We tried to expand our horizons, and we failed. We talked about Jeff fucking Wells again. <laughs> at least we, at least we uh, avoided another uh, topic topic of conversation that usually comes up. Oh God! <laughs> about a certain filmmaker who once had a movie premiere at Cannes, a sequel to his first movie, <laughs> got an eleven-minute standing ovation, and he still tweets and talks about that. To be fair, there's been like three movies to ever play at Cannes that not get that standing ovation. Uh, Southland Tales, Brown Bunny, and something else. Which uh, oh, uh, under the Silver Lake. <laughs> Which I uh, I like all three. Yeah, I'm seeing Southland Tales this week at the uh, um, uh, Lacma. They're, they're showing the can cut. Oh yeah, I know. Vin David is flying. Uh, <laughs> He's flying back from Canada to go. I'll be there. I'll tell Vin David hi for me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> all about strange days. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we forgot to introduce ourselves again. Okay. Do you want to do it now? You can do it. <laughs> well, no, we'll just end it. And look, if, if you're listening to this episode out of context with the rest of us, um, thank you for having us at your play. <laughs> thank you for not kicking us out because you probably saw us mention it on Twitter and you, you could have barred us. I think I was very respectful. We were very, we were both very respectful. I think we've been very respectful in this, you know? Yeah. Like I hope I hope you do a lot more. Um, I hope you do nothing but success. Yeah, I hope you do. No, look, the actors were pretty good. I can see them like going on to other things. Yeah. You know, like the 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 Mark Anthony guy. He was pretty good. Yeah, he, he was like a a uh, Craig Bierko type. He was a Craig Bierko type. That is, that's exactly what. And I, I love Craig Bierko. I think he's great. And I thought the Mark Anthony guy was great. Yeah. And the Cassius guy who adapted it, he was very good. And he had a lot of heavy lifting to do. Yeah. Now the actors are really good. Congrats, y'all. Do you want to announce what we're doing next? Yeah, we are expanding the our brand. podcast empire. Yes. We're going to move on from all things Weezer because. 
I'm tired of talking about this one band. I think we've um, exhausted everything we I've, can do with Weezer. Yeah. There's not an opinion I have about this band left unspoken. <laughs> Ayo. We are going to start a new podcast feed called Dem Bracket Boys. Unless you can think of a better title. Uh, we are, we Dem Bracket Boys. <laughs> uh, we are going to leave the Weezer Bracket pure and untouched because we may want to come back when, you know, the Plaid album, the Puce album, <laughs> the Turquoise. O- Octum- Aquamarine album, uh any the, the the hologram album, what 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 whatever they do, um, more covers like I don't know, release sheet music, who knows, <laughs> like hey, that back album. Um, but we're going to we will be doing shorter brackets. I think sixteen each. Yeah, that sounds about right. Unless it's like something special, but you know, yeah, and sixty four uh, is a lot to ask. And we're going to be us. doing smaller series, but that also gives us a chance to cover more things. Yeah. And I think we've agreed on the first one. Yeah. And it is Blink-182 songs. The yeah. worst Blink-182 song to be specific. Which is, yeah. But we're going to have some rules because, like, how nice to get a blowjob is just, we can't count that. I think it's only on the Mark Tom and Travis album, which is a live album. And I don't think I could include that on <laughs> as the... Uh, but you know what I mean. Do I think the Mark Tom and, Tom and, Tom and, Travis, uh, Mark Tom and Travis album has... Uh, Man Overboard, which is one of the best Blink songs. Okay. The, you're not addressing my point here, which is just like they're like obvious joke, little one-offs. Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you mean. It's like that one song on uh, on Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. It's, just like, it's about like Labor Day and the grandpa like eating seven hot dogs and shitting his pants. Yes. We're not going to – that's not in the running. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh we can't stop talking about Tom DeLong, so this just felt right for us. And I'm sure you guys will want to talk about Tom DeLong and his fascination with aliens. Oh yeah, we'll be definitely talking about the Blink side projects. They won't be they won't be able to make the bracket, but we'll definitely be bringing them up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Angels and Airwaves, the movie Love, <laughs> uh, Boxcar Racer, yeah, all that good stuff. Mm, wow. All that stuff. That <laughs> <laughs> boxcar racer album kind of holds up, but uh, all right. I, I have not revisited in quite some time. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And so we hope you come along with us. On if that you journey. enjoy us. If you're just a Weezer purist, we'll, keep, we'll update this when something happens. But uh, who knows when that'll be since we have the Black Album, which, uh, hey, Pop Quiz, name three songs from Black Album that weren't singles. Ooh, uh, that's that's okay. That just proved my point. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right then. All right. So until until then, I'm Nick and I'm Andrew. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye.
but the intro music is by Alvoro Kid, and we downloaded it from hooksounds.com, creating comments with attribution, so there you go. Thank you. 